Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, the Shoulder Strike Boys are back on a Wednesday afternoon Coming to you live to we're gonna try something new here. We're gonna break the we're going two episodes a week, ladies and gentlemen. That's a big, big time announcement. Uh, I think it'll give us more time and more space for activities, and we will not have to rush all into one Friday episode. We will still keep our Friday episode for the bets and for all of our discussions on what's gonna happen for the week upcoming, like the fights. But we will save the breakdowns for Wednesday afternoons and news and whatever we can can do here on this Wednesday episode. So we are here. I am Matt McSweeney. Ty, how are you feeling uh, about this glorious two-episode announcement? I love it. More more time for us to talk. More time for us to blabber, uh, give hard-hitting analysis, future bets. Just more content is good. Always more content is good. Uh but we got I mean we have a a crazy card to talk about a Jamal Hill Santos 10 fights couple got dropped out uh some dudes pulsing with some picograms there was uh Josh you know, Quinlan yeah, shot that motherfucker he was going to kill that to, dude he was going to yeah. kill Jason Wade that that was like my bet of the of the week and I was like are you kidding me bro and then that what else dude, dropped out that dude is so uh Lipsky and Cachoeira. right your girl yeah um <laughs> that dude Josh Quinlan I'm hearing is apparently is still not in the clear for next week or future events. So. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know how it's just going to out of nowhere. Like, oh yeah, he'll be good next week. It's like, well, yeah, I don't know. How, I don't that's know. How it works. If you can't fight but, in Vegas, you can't fight anywhere, man. Not, you know, <laughs> they let everything go out there. But Jason Witt survives another day. Shout out to Jason Witt, uh, and we we will have. That's the thing. A good thing about these two episodes now, we'll have time to honor the legacy of, Sh- of Sam Alvey. I'm just call him Sean Alvey, but Sam Alvey, smiling Sam. Uh, he has been released from his contract, as has Miranda Granger, another person. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> it's tough. It is a tough day here on the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast, especially with Sam Alvey. Fuck, <laughs> fuck Miranda Granger, to be honest, but yeah. I don't even want to put her in the same sentence as the god. Uh, a man who has uh, funded many uh, uh, fucking... That guy has... Paid for many trips to uh, local bars for me. I'll be honest. He he just has. It's we'll get. Let's just get right into it. Let's let's not kill any more time than we already have. Um, we will actually talk about the last fight card uh, also on here. The last fight card to have a one hundred percent finish rate in all the bouts for a single UFC event, which was Rockhold Bisping in twenty fourteen from Sydney, Australia. We will talk about that later on in the show. So. Before we do all that, let's get right into it. Jamal Hill, Tiago Santos. I will. I've done enough talking to begin this episode. I will let you lead this off, Ty. But what a phenomenal performance from Sweet Dreams, and we both of us have been huge proponents of his. And he just goes and shows every time out there that he is. He is about that life. Yeah, it started off a little slow, but once they both started to get into the in the feel of things, Tiago Santos looked good, man. Like this was a peak. Maybe not peak performance because you know that the, the knee injury really slowed him down, <clears throat> really um, kind of got rid of his um, burst, his, um, I don't know what you want to call it, but 
his quickness kind of went away a little bit. And, you know, he still sings, he still swings wild and he still has that crazy power. And I mean, listen, he, he teed up Jamal Hill's left eye and then he went after the right eye. Like both, you know, Jamal Hill did not leave this fight looking like he did before. So he walked through hell a little bit. And, you know, the thing about him, like I said last week when he, uh, when he fought Paul Craig, he got his arm snapped, but he kept, he didn't tap and he kept, he's trying to throw the broken arm as like a, a strike. Like he's just, he's tough, man. He's, he's got something in him that, you know, some people don't have, you know, like Augusta Sakai does not have what Jamal Hill has inside of him. Yeah. I know it's very, um, you know, this meme has been beaten, you know, completely dead into the ground, but he has that dog in him. He truly does. And, you know, kind of like Yuri, kind of like Jan Glover, a lot of guys at the top of 205, you know, are just tough motherfuckers. If not anything else, they all have skill, but they're all, you know, we look at them like, well, if John Jones was still here, they wouldn't stand a chance, but they're all good. They're all, you know, quality fighters. I don't, I don't know if Jamal Hill's ready for a title shot yet, but I don't see why not. I don't see why he couldn't give any of these guys a tough fight, you know? I don't see why not either. And it was interesting to see how this fight played out because, listen, you know, I know although Tiago Santos is a great grappler and a, you know, jiu-jitsu player and whatnot, it's crazy the way his get, like, Jamal Hill is the one who gassed Tiago Santos out by being able to defensively wrestle for as long as he did and be like just being able making Tiago Santos work the way he had to work to get all those takedowns and to keep the positions that like when you're not used to wrestling like that or like that that's a grueling grueling pace that you have to keep like eat only the Colby Covingtons and the Habibs like the, those are the only guys that can keep up a grappling pace like that for 25 minutes you know and Santos, uh, you know, he hasn't really been that grappler in some time, right? Like in his MMA, yeah. in his MMA life, it's been mainly just kind of standing and throwing absolute bombs the other way. And he did that for a little bit, but he was getting chipped up too, where he was like, "All right, well, fuck that." Like Jamal Hill's long, man. He's long, and he's uh, he was swinging a little wild in portions, yeah. but when he was able to rein it in and kind of just precision strikes he was able to hurt santos and back him up and just i i was just so impressed and uh, you know what the good the thing about though jamal hill and strikers who don't exactly want to grapple or end up on their back jamal hill never settled for a negative position when he was taken down or he may like you know he was on a knee or almost to go to his back he never laid there and said all right well i'll just get my guard and i'll hold like no he constantly fought to get back up and worked his way back up to his feet, and, and that's that's how you have to do it. You can't you can't give that other you know that other person that rest period or that that thought that they're you know they have that they that they, they have the position that they won the position. It's just he constantly never never quit and never gave up. And um, oh man, um, and Ty is back after apparently not be, not being able to hear me for. A good thirty seconds, but you didn't Got miss much. Out. Uh, Hill basically just never quitting on a position and continuing to wrestle when shit was not going his way. But what do you say next uh, for for Mister Hill? I, I don't know what exactly they should do next necessarily. Basically, a top five. Anyone in that top five? I would love to see him up there against. I mean, obviously, like a Volkan or someone like that. But Jan Blahovich. Yeah, I mean, listen. I think they should probably just do Yuri and Glover again. Um, and then I think, you know, it, it's, it's weird because 
I guess Jamal's kind of the odd man out with that top four. You know, you want to put Yuri and Glover, or if you want to do Yuri and Jan, then you have Glover and Maga. Like Ankalaev, also, he's nine and one in the UFC. Like he deserves a shot. You know. Yep. Um. So it's like, you know, who gets left out of the top four, if you will? You know. Um. I guess Glover did just lose, so I know it's fucked up, but I could see him being the odd man out. Uh, probably not because I, th- I think um, Yuri wants to run it back with him. So I'm not too sure, but I'd love to see Jamal Hill and Jan Blahovic. Wow. That's what I would want to see. I- I'm all in for that. That would be fun. Who would you take in that? I would take Jamal Hill. So would I. I think you would hurt him at some point. I, I, don't-, I don't think Jamal or uh, Jan takes shots well at this point. We're- yeah. We're going to talk think- about a guy who doesn't take shots well next, but he, he- this guy, uh, Jan. <laughs> I don't know. I just think Jamal Hill hits hard, sneakily hard. For yeah, that he has that. He has that southpaw style, and you know you got to watch out for that left. Which I wish he would throw the one-two more, but he has a nice right hook that he uses as a step-in right or even a counter right that Amanda Nunes was using when she fought Juliana Pena the second time fighting as a southpaw. You know, having that lead right hook as a defense, or it could be you know something you throw on an entry. Um, he has a really, really, really good right hook. So, you know, I wish I, I wish Jamal Hill's defense. It's, it seems like when when guys throw kicks, he just lets it bounce off him. You know, which is a little a little worrisome. With some of these guys like uh, Ankalaev or Glover or Yuri, they can throw they can throw head kicks. You know, so he just got to watch that. He's still got a little thin, wiry frame, but he's he's still tough. Yeah, and as far as. Santos, he might be cooked. Like uh, yeah. title shot wise and everything. Like I just, you could you could have him fight pretty much anyone in that. I mean, maybe what is Dominic Reyes ever going to fight again? I have no idea. I was just thinking about that the other day. Somebody was, I heard somebody say, um, you know, maybe Jamal Hill should fight him, but I don't even know if he's still fighting. I ha- I truly haven't seen anything, any updates, nothing on him, man. Like it's just kind of. Crazy, like I I saw he was on like Ariel Hawani's show a while a little bit ago, but I'm not I'm not listening to that. So yeah. maybe Santos and uh, Johnny Walker. Let's run it back. Yeah, let's, he he didn't do what he was supposed to do the first time against Johnny Walker. Yeah, so. uh, nah. Who's Johnny Walker fighting? Doesn't he have a fight soon? I thought. Yeah, he's fighting uh, the Hulk. Oh yes, dude! The Ultimate CTE Championship. We'll probably, have, we'll probably go sleep. live uh, yeah. when that when that fight's going on. We'll go to the location. We'll we'll set up shop outside and everything. But exactly. Let's keep it moving, though. Uh, this was a shocker to me, just the way it kind of went down. Obviously, but looking back, I guess we should have kind of known uh, how this was going to go. Jeff Neal, hands of steel, Jeff Neal. Absolutely dominated and decimated Vicente Luque. Now, uh, here's the thing. Uh, this is going to be more of an anti-Luque take as opposed to a Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal looked good. He was his, stri- his striking was sharp. Left hand was going right up the middle, and, and there was no loop or anything to it. He didn't need to. But I'll tell you what, man. Luque's defense is horrific. Horrific, yeah. uh, both grappling and, and uh, now two fights. You've seen his defensive wrestling is horrendous, and now you've seen his striking defense. He doesn't move his 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 corners screaming at him. Vicente, you need to move your head. Like you can't just stand there in the middle in, in the middle of the octagon and eat shots. 
what does he do? He comes out in the second round and just even leans his head more into these strikes. Like, I, I, I just don't get it, man. I don't like. Is he just so stuck on his ways? And it's just like this is this is it is what it is at this point. But he, I, I mean, I hate to say this. I really, I know I joke around, but like he's he might be absolutely cooked, dude. Yeah, and the scariest thing about that is he's still he, I believe, just turned thirty. Yeah, like you know he's young. He might. He, he this. This is supposed to be his prime right now, and uh, you know he's only lost. You know he's only dropped two in a row. This first two losses he's lost. First two fights he's lost in the last three years uh, since the Wonder Boy loss. He went on like what four fight win streak, all finishes, and he looked good in all of them. But the problem was, the problem is that he's been in the UFC since what? He was on the Ultimate Fighter seven years ago when he was what twenty three, twenty two, twenty three, and he took a couple losses in there. But you know. The Nico Price both fights were tough. Uh, the Jalen Turner fight was tough. What other ones? Uh, when he fought Wonderboy, he took oh, like 150 significant strikes. When he fought Mike Perry, it was a tough fight. When he yeah, fought Mike Brian Perry Barbarina, was a war, dude. the Brian Barbarina fight was brutal. I had him to win inside the distance, and that was at a time where I remember exactly where I was. Dude, there was five seconds left, and he got it done. Yep. I was in the backseat of a car driving uh, home from Mod Pizza, I believe. <laughs> And fun fact, but um, he was he was taking a lot of shots in that fight from Barbarina. But Barbarina doesn't, you know, he doesn't have that that Jeff Neal power. He doesn't have hands of steel. Um, you know, even going back to the Leon Edwards fight, he took some damage in that. So he's been taking, you know, again both Nico Price fights over a hundred uh, over a hundred significant strikes. You know, in this Jeff Neal one, the first round was bad enough, and then the third round was just rough. Like you know, he's had a good chin for a while, but. Eventually, it's gonna it, it starts going. You know, when you let people rattle your brain around for a little bit, you don't take shots nearly as well as you keep going. You know, I don't know what's what what or who would be next for him. I'm sure they would give him a, like a easier fight. You know, he's he's been go, he's been through the ringer, and he's again only thirty. So maybe he should take take a step back a little bit. He needs some time, man. Yeah, because he can he can definitely still beat some guys at um at middleweight, but or welterweight. But I just. I don't know who, you know, like maybe he has to go down the rankings a little bit, maybe get him down there and fight like, uh, you know, Ponzinibbio or D-Rod or uh, the Leech. Um, because, you know, these guys, Jeff Neal, he's not, he's not bad. I mean, I know Neil Magny roughed him up and smoked him around a little bit, but Neil Magny's tough, you know? So that top, that, 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 that division, you know, at the top of it, you don't see maybe that many guys, who you think can beat Usman. And we, we did this before, I think like months or a year ago where we're looking at the 170 division. We're like, yeah, we don't really see anybody at the top, but it's still tough. You got Sean Brady, you know, doing all he can to, to break into the top 10, top five. Same thing with Shavkat. Neil Magny's still treading water. So it's, it's, it's a tough division, man. It's, it's deep more than anything. And Luke, I think just need to take a step back and start over. Yeah, I agree. Kind of one of those reset fights where you fight maybe someone in the lower half of the top fifteen, or even someone outside the top fifteen. Some, I know that's yeah. crazy, but like he just needs he needs some time first because you can just tell, like I know Jeff Neal hits hard, but he was taking shots and like he was not responding well to them at all. Shots that he's taken in the past, and it was just not like he was just not giving a, a it was a visible reaction every time where his legs would start shaking giving out and he was like wobbling and it was just like 
Like, wow. Like, and it has happened early on in the fight. And his nose gets chewed up every fight. Every fight. Because every he doesn't single move fight. his head. He's right down the center line the entire fight. And look, me and you are no expert. Like, you know, we're no fighting, like, you know, uh, in, in the uh, gym every day. But I can tell you that when you're not moving your head, you're much easier to fucking hit. It, it's pretty simple. Yeah. And, and your he, nose is the closest thing that's going to get hit. Yeah, and, you know, right there. If, you ju- if you keep fighting a southpaw as an orthodox fighter and you keep standing in front of him and the straight left keeps coming in, well, what the fuck's going to happen? You know, and, you know, who am I to tell him what to do? He has an amazing team to do that. But his corner like, was, uh, t- you know, like we're not the. He was this corner yeah. was saying, "Hey, you know, man, you got to move your head. You can't just be standing." And even his striking was just like, like wild. Like he was just kind of trying to bait uh, Jeff Neal into a war, and he got him into it. At start, like I would say, the end of the second roundish, it looked like the tide was turning a little bit because Neal was starting to slow down. And he had kind of, you know, like expended a lot of energy trying. I mean, because Luke was hurt like four times, like in the first two rounds. And then, like, Neil kind of went back to his uh, corner. And all it took, though, like, Neil, no matter how much, you know, I'm putting like vague trouble, like, he wasn't really in trouble at any point. But, like, all he had to do was land one shot to just equalize whatever was going on. He would throw one left right down the middle. Uh, Luke would wobble. And it was like, all right, we're back in here. Here we go. You know, like. I don't. Yeah. I, it's just. Say Sayud was screaming. Yeah. Screaming to th- to double and triple up on that left, and he yeah. wasn't in that second round. How about that up when third. he threw like six uppercuts in a row? Yeah. Like seven, that was... eight. Like it was crazy. He didn't hit like half of them, but like still, they, a couple of those got through, and they. Were... Yeah. Seeing Luke kind of face plant, you know, not that's good. First time he's fun. ever been TKO'd. Yeah, and again, you know, like he's <clears throat> he's been through these wars where eventually. Uh, you know, his, his striking was always something that was kind of flunky and that it, it was something that would pick up over time. You know, once guys got tired, he definitely has power. He just doesn't set up his strikes that well and he doesn't have a jab. Um, he throws kicks, but not as much as he should. He doesn't block anything. So, like, his overall game is just very just weird. So, like, you know, he can lay on these guys and eventually uh, Nico Price gives out. Randy Brown gives out. Um Brian Barbarina, Brian Barbarina, you know, eventually dies. All these guys eventually give up or wilt, but Jeff Neal, Bilal Muhammad, they don't, you know, like, yeah, this isn't Tyron Woodley anymore where you can hit him once he falls and you can just darse him. Like, and you, I, I think you remember even in the Tyron Woodley fight, he got, he got hit. He got yeah. hit hard. He got rocked so, right before that, uh, that darse happened. Like, so it, like, I, I don't know. You know, this is something that he's been having to deal with his whole career. I mean, you know, very, very similar struggles when he was on the Ultimate Fighter, you know? Like, he lost to Hader Hassan in the Ultimate Fighter house. So, like, he's always had some of these defensive deficiencies. And, you know, he's he, he, has, he still has some time. You know, he's only 30. It's just that the chin and the wear and tear and all the damage, and I don't know if the fight IQ can really be improved at this point, you know? So... Hey, listen, we talk about it on here all the time, you know, like you can have all the skill in the world and want to be in there and and whatnot, but one of the most important things in being in the fight game is your chin needs to be there. Like you're going to get hit, and if your brain's just saying, I'm good, like we talk about with Matt Snow, I think, it's like every every fight he's getting like hit with jabs and his brain's like like short-circuiting. You know, that's not good. And Luke was getting hit with a little bit more than that, this fight. But 
you know, like you're trending in that direction. You're going down that road. It's not, it's not a good situation. GSP needs to coach some of these guys on how to not take damage. Yeah, well, something. I don't about, know. How about Luke needs to learn how to use that some of that grappling that he always. Uh, I mean, I guess you just use it or lose it. Yeah, well, listen, something needs to change. I think that's basically what we just spent ten minutes uh, talking about because that that whatever is going on right now is not working. Um, yep. Mo Usman, Muhammad Usman. There is another Usman in the UFC. He is the. Tough 30, ultimate fighting, uh, head, the heavyweight champion, or the heavyweight winner. Uh, he KOs Zach pa- Pauga with a kind of a check left hook right on the butt and shut his, shut his ass down, shut him off. After losing the first round, I thought, not according to Sal Diamato, but, I mean, big, that's a big win for Mo Usman. It was a boring fight for the most part in the beginning. It was not really a high action, but, I mean, with the heavyweights, it's kind of that. This is how heavyweight fights mainly play out. It's one mistake and you go to sleep, dude. It, it, it is what it is. Uh, I would say, I mean, I thought Paulo was the, I mean, there's a reason he was a minus 280, 290 favorite. Uh, we did say on here that one of these people was going to lose. Uh, we always say that each week. The one there's going to be a minus two fifty plus favorite, uh, you know, uh, two fifty and above, that will lose, and you just got to be hopeful. You know, you can't throw them all in the parlay. You have to be pick the one that you're going to think is you know not going to lose and whatnot. I didn't think Usman was going to be able to pull this off, but Pauga kind of got a little repetitive with a couple of the movements he was making and kept dipping his head into. I think he was throwing a left hook and, and dipping his head into down to his right. And it was just kind of uh, a matter of time. And, and Usman, shout out to him, man. Well-deserving. Uh, he took care of business on uh, in all uh, all fights, man. Yeah. And, you know, this. I think this Pauga dude would be much better off at light heavyweight. Um, yeah, I think I he just, said you know. that, right? Like, yeah, I, I think uh, they were saying he couldn't cut weight for the show because it was, like, yeah. constantly having to cut weight. But, like, yeah, he's a little. he's got a little, little chub to him, too. So, yeah, I think you're right. And honestly, you know, Mo Usman, he has, you know, you can just tell he has serious power, but in the Ultimate Fighter house, he didn't get a knockout. Um, he fought this dude who was two and six, Titan FC. He didn't knock him out. You know, it's it's been a, it's been a little bit since he got a knockout win, at least for somebody who hasn't fought the best competition, you know, and he put this dude's lights out. And then he that follow-up shot was brutal. brutal. Absolutely brutal. He, he <laughs> It looked like Francis and Stipe. He loaded up from all the way up top and just drop Thor's fucking hammer on his face. Um, you know, I, I don't love seeing that, especially when a guy's already sleeping, but you know, um, that's how it is knocked on. You, you, you go until they throw you off him, especially, you know, the adrenaline's pumping. Mo Usman is a large, large gentleman with a lot of fury behind him. So I can't tell him when to turn that switch off. You know, who am I to tell him that? Uh, and he was going nuts after the fight. Just so excited. So happy. <clears throat> so many emotions going through. Through that moment, you know, with his brother right there, uh, he's been through so much, you know, losing his son, uh, three years old, dr- drowning, which was fucking heartbreaking. Awful. So I'm I'm super glad to see him get a chance just because of that. And I also thought it was kind of interesting. Both of them, former D1 and former NFL, uh, had cups of coffee in the NFL, former D1 standouts at, I believe, uh, U of A, Wildcat is what Mo, Mo Usman went to Arizona. Oh, I wow. think the other guy went to Colorado State. I could be wrong. But they both played, and they were both in the NFL for like you know a, a training camp, and that was it. It's kind of interesting, you know. We're seeing a lot more former football players come into 
<clears throat> MMA. And I, it, I guess it's been happening for a while, you know, with Brock Lesnar and, um, Bill Goldberg, I guess he didn't really do MMA, oh, but he yeah. went Herschel WWE. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we do see it often. Jamal Hill, uh, was a D one or I don't know if you played D one, but he was a, he was a standout in basketball. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of that, but I, I think it's definitely something, you know, if you, I don't know, I'm trying to think of some guys that the Eagles have had, uh, that can't make it, you know, they should bring themselves, bring them to the UFC. Yeah, it's, there's a reason you can't remember their name because they yeah yeah they, they didn't make it. But <laughs> shout out to um, Mo Usman. That was a it was a good win. It was a like I said, not exactly an exciting fight, but it, it always when you end it on a exclamation point like that, it's does you don't need to have it. Insane. That's all we remember at the, at the end of the day. Uh, how about your girl, man? My girl, honestly. Uh, I, yeah. I I was trying to tell you that the, her her she's legit, man. She's fucking legit. Yeah. Juliana Miller, listen. Let me specify this, though. She will go on the fade list at some point. I don't know who's going to do it. Someone is going to do it, but it is not. I knew it wasn't going to be Brogan Walker Sanchez. Uh, she got she got cooked. She got completely dumb. And I listen, I don't understand. We talk about this all the time on here, too. When you're obviously getting out grappled. The first, the first round, you got just... You tried to go for the, the trip, the like the clinch inside trip. And you didn't get it. Like, you got reversed. And then the second round, you go right back to it, that clinch, and you try to take them down and get on top. And the same thing happens. And then I'm pretty sure she did it again in the third round. So. Listen, Brogan Walker is not good. Oh, uh, really? I didn't. I, I, I don't know who these other women were that were in the house, but I cannot imagine they were good. I mean, this chick's like past her prime physically, everything. She's in her mid 30s. And she just—I mean, I don't know what her plan was at all. You know, like I don't know if Juliana Miller is going to be anything great, but she's only 26. She's kind of long. She has pretty good takedowns, um, and she's aggressive. She at least she's aggressive. She tried to get the finish, and she got the finish. You know, and I think she had a Kimura on the Ultimate Fighter. So I don't see why she couldn't be. You know, maybe a decent, possibly. Uh, there's there's something to work with there. Brogan Walker Sanchez just you know, she's got nothing. She, yeah, I mean that that's the best way to pretty much say it. she has nothing. Juliana Miller is just a monster when she gets on top, man. It's she elbows, uh, constantly threatening submissions, and just uh, I just her grappling is a problem, dude. Uh, I don't I don't know how far she's gonna take it, but and with it at this skill level and the people that they're facing her, I think what is she three and one now. So yeah, I'm sure so. they'll take her along slow, but the women's divisions are a little different. You see a lot of uh, under 10 professional fights sort of people in those uh, weight classes. And I guess we'll see. I, I'm a fan. You know I'm a fan. Uh, Ju- Juju, uh, she's Killer Miller, whatever you call her. I'm all in. There's bro. no reason she shouldn't get Mandy Bomb in her UFC debut. Just yeah, that's saying. what I'm saying. Like, there's plenty of those people. Like, she give her give her Miranda Granger. Let Miranda Granger go off. <laughs> You know? Yeah, come back. Yeah, come back. Bro. back. What are you doing? No, nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we don't need to see Hannah that. Goldie. Kick her Hannah. Out of the Did Hannah Goldie have another name? Um, Bum. No, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, was, I fucking alley-ooped that one to you. I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. that was, I was just throwing it up, and I missed yep. the shot, and you were like, what? Bang! I got you. Andre down, Drummond, dude. baby. Um, nah, yeah. <laughs> she did. She definitely did. I saw her getting beat up on some highlight this weekend. I was like, whoa, is that Hannah Goldie? 
And she had a yeah, different name on her shorts. But, you know, shout out to Juliana Miller. Shout out to Brogan Walker Sanchez, who does not belong in the UFC and hopefully does not get a contract because she should go back to Invicta and take some more L's to Aaron Blanchfield, who's not who's yes. not bad. Let me just say that. Aaron Blanchfield's nice. Her last two losses, Pearl Gonzalez and Aaron Blanchfield. She does have a win Ooh. against Emily King, though. I know you're a big fan right. of Emily King. So, yeah. Sergey Spivak absolutely put the work on Augusto Sakai, who we have been on the, the <laughs> like, like the ultimate fade list here. Uh, Augusto Sakai <laughs> is about as cooked as it gets. Uh, not even cooked like like physically. It's just like he is not on this level. He, no. he, it's very, very, very simple and easy to see. Uh, I mean, he is – I don't know why he's still in the UFC, but, I mean, maybe they need to drop him down and have him fight a Harry Hunsucker or something like that. But hey, Spivak, hey Harry Hunsucker's booked, all right, bud? Yeah, apparently on the fucking main card. Uh, Spivak, <laughs> Tuivasa, Rosenstruck, and Overeem. Not a uh, – not exactly easy nights out on any of those, but no. Uh, I mean, Spivak dominated mm, him. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even close, you know. And I think this just goes back to the Overeem fight. He took a lot of damage over, you know, almost twenty-five full minutes, and at the very end, yeah, he just he had nothing left. Uh, even against Blago Ivanov, I remember that was a pretty good fight. He took some shots. I'm not trying to go come out here and say that he's, you know, even Chase Sherman. He took almost a hundred significant strikes. He's only thirty-one. But again, similar to Vicente Luque, we we do not like what we've seen. I mean, he only, you know, the Overeem fight was one thing, but to come back against Rosenstroik and to do nothing for an entire round and then get finished with one second left, uh, you know, he didn't look good there. He comes back against Toivasa, gets smoked there. And then this fight, he wasn't competitive at all. I mean, no. you thought maybe from distance he'd be able to at least bother Sergey Spivak. Because, you know, Spivak, you can, you can bother him a little bit. His, his striking isn't necessarily... Um, clean per se but he's listen he's he's definitely impressed me uh his only losses are what walt harris who at that time was you know kind of kind of on a run marcin tybora and tom aspinall that, that's it um he took care of toy vasa with that arm triangle which was nasty he smoked jared van der when he was like you know before he went on the massive losing streak he went the distance with a linic he took care of greg hardy like i think spivak's honestly not that bad he's only 27 uh, he's, he's really strong and I like his wrestling. I like his wrestling a lot. You know, when he has, I guess when he has somebody's back and they try to like, you know, spin off real quick, he just follows them. He's really good at that. And you don't see that with big guys cause they're, you know, slowish and their techniques off. He's very good, man. He's very good with that. He's like, his nickname says the polar bear and, um, our boy Sakai just, he doesn't look like he wants to really be in there anymore. He's not throwing. Um, you know, you look at his fight stats over the last couple fights, he's landed eight, 21 and three significant strikes since the overing fight. So it's just not much out, you know, he's not, he's not given, he's not throwing anything and it's a lot that's coming back is hurting, hurting him. So yeah, rough stretch for Mr. Sakai. Yeah. It seemed like he like melted as soon as like a little bit of pressure was put on him up against the fence and he was trying to defensively grapple a little bit, but it, he just had nothing for Spivak and he was kept letting him get close when you can't like you could, you had to act like he was like lava. You had to keep him as far away from him as pot, like keep as far yeah. away from him as possible. And yeah, I just don't think Spivak or I'm sorry. I'm um, Sakai is on this level. He's just not. 
And yeah, maybe put him in there against uh, Van der Aa, who's also booked, I believe. Right. Um, or someone of that nature and just do it that way and see if he can actually – because if he loses that, maybe the Vanilla Gorilla. Maybe he just fought the Polar Bear. Maybe he should fight yeah, the Vanilla if Gorilla. if you got to get right. If you got to get right, bring in the Vanilla Gorilla. Yeah, man, because the Vanilla Gorilla is coming off a win, so it would be a, a huge feather in the cap for Augusto Sakai to get a win against the lauded Vanilla Gorilla. But Terrence McKinney took care of business against Eric Gonzalez. Uh, dominant, dominant performance. Terrence McKinney likes to put on a show. He's an exciting fighter. I know you're a big fan of T Rex. Uh, what did you think? Another, uh, you know, blitz, blitzing performance. <clears throat> he did eat a big right, uh, left. He did. Right, right, I think I don't know what it was, but it was a big shot. It opened him up. I think <clears throat> I don't know if it was his nose or what that was started uh, bleeding a little bit. But you know, he 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 throws caution at the wind. He doesn't <clears throat> he doesn't really care uh, much. But apparently, I just saw him tweet that. He recently had a kid, so now he's he, he feels that he's more dialed in and more locked in, which I love to see because, I mean, if you look at his ability, I mean, think about it. You watch him fight <coughs> Gonzalez. You watch him fight Drew Dober. I mean, Drew Dober is a stud, and he put him – he basically knocked him out within 12 seconds, you know, in, in, somewhat. And guys don't just do that to Drew Dober, and he comes out here doing that. He comes out here, you know, with a slick strike against Gonzalez, even against Ferez Ziam. I know he took him right down, but when he came out against Matt Frivola, boom, one left cross was it. But before that, his whole career, like <clears throat> before he had those two losses to Sean Woodson and Derek Minner, he was just – he all he would do is wrestle guys, take him down, and look for that rear naked choke. And it's something that he has as like his plan B or something that's in his back pocket. You know, he's looking to throw kicks, uh, wild lefts, wild rights, flying knees. He's really good with – and – you know, it's just funny to see that he has that amazing striking paired with even better grappling. You know, like he got his back, climbed on him. Was it, he got? It was a standing rear naked choke, right? Um, yeah, that's hard to do, man. That that takes real, you know, a real tight squeeze, a real tight body lock, and just strength to stay on somebody's back while they're standing and 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 make them tap. Um, I I, I think the world of him. I think he has all the potential in the world. You know, he's kind of like that minor league prospect that hits 40 home runs, steals 40 bases, but he strikes out a lot. Yep. So, you know, you got you got to kind of tone it down and, 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 and hone it all in. But I think it's possible. He's only 27. Um, he had that, you know, he, he had that crazy story before he came to the UFC, you know, where he apparently died twice in the hospital when he had some bad trip. He got tased by the cops, this and that, all that crazy stuff. He's tough, man. He's like Jamal Hill. I think he has that dog in him. I just worry about his defense a little bit and his and his gas tank. But again, super young. What would you want to see them do next with him? Oh, well, I, they're at, you know. Listen, my boy Patty can avoid all my guy. He can avoid all my guys all he wants, but he's gonna have to face one of them. Yep, one of them. I would love that. Um, I, <laughs> I honestly, you know, <clears throat> I was talking about the Taporia. I want Taporia to fight him and take his head off. I think I'd rather see this. Um. What, you mean you know, McKinney and uh McKinney Patty? and Patty. I mean, P- yeah. McKinney has, what, only three fights in the UFC. Patty has three fights. Um, between me and you, McKinney beat Dober, so they're both 3 no. let's say. Um, and what, Mc- two of Patty's wins are by sub, and one of one of McKinney's, or two of McKinney's are by sub. So, like, honestly, man, they're, they're, they're very much so on the same path. They're, yep. the same, they're the same age. They have similar experience. Um, they're both... Fan favorites, they're both crazy, they're both entertaining. 
you know, why can't you take, why can't you put them, um, I don't know. I don't want to say give them, give, give them a main event, but it, it definitely wouldn't put go them, five rounds. Put them on a, uh, yeah, put them <clears throat> on a, uh, on a main card, let them open up the main card or something like that yeah. of a, in December, say, Absolutely. have them fight. Yeah. Like, a, like, you know, a nice three rounder to start the night off, like to start the main card off. I think that would be sick. And you can easily, you know, hype up Patty all you want. But yeah, he can take him down and tire him out and choke him out. And I mean, re- reasonably, I think he could. But as that fight starts, man, Patty was w- would be in some serious trouble on the feet. Because at least both start. of those guys like like not that they like it, but they're very open to being being hit. Like they yeah, they kind absolutely. of like to be in the fire. They walked into the fire and. Yeah, I, I think that's a perfect, like you said, just you laid it out. Perfect, like, uh, matchmaking. Like, they're both kind of at the same level. They've had the same kind of skill level fights. You know, uh, Dober is probably the best of the bunch of either one. You know, like, one of them has, has fought. And like you said, like, he had Dober on the ropes. It kind of was just, Dober just has a granite chin and enormous head. That's basically yeah. what won him that fight. But, yeah, you know, I, I'm all in. That I don't think either one of them should like. Uh, I I know you wanted to see Taporia just take his head off. I don't want to see Taporia fighting uh, anyone. Taporia is a is a ranked fighter. Like I, he is someone who yeah. should be like fighting for the title at forty five. I, I don't want to see him. You not like not fighting for the title tomorrow, but he he's on that path. I want to see him fighting down there at forty five. Yeah, I'm all in. I'm all Send in. It. I'm a huge fan. Uh, it's crazy how he bounces back from losses though. Too like. Uh, McKinney, I mean, first time we saw him pretty much was on the Contender Series getting knocked out with a flying knee by Sean Woodson. If, is oh, that Woodson. right? Yeah, a sniper. Like- yeah, and you know, then he loses to Dober and he bounces back. He just continues to bounce back, and there's nothing to say. He like the sky's the limit for him. There's nothing that can hold him down, or you can say, oh, well, he's li- limited to this or that. Like, no, nah, I'm, I'm all in. So. This is the time, this is the part of the show, where we honor a legend. A man who has seen it all, done it all, been there, through it all. A man that has truly changed my life. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, But maybe I'm not. Who knows? I'm gonna throw some music on uh, so you know Ty in the background here. Yeah, I'll show that in the post production. But smiling Sam Alvey, he was taken out this weekend viciously by Michael. Uh, uh, yeah, in front of his kids, his, his wife, his family. It's not not. <laughs> listen, I won't even bring it. Like when I when, when I was with my girl, I wouldn't even bring her to a basketball game, let alone <laughs> a fucking fight. Uh, that. Yeah. That's insane, but I mean, different for him. His wife's in his corner, isn't she? Or used to be, at least. She definitely used to be. I, I went back last night and did a little um, resume review, and I heard some some woman screaming at him in the cage. And I look up, and she's in his corner. I'm like, "What the hell's going on? Why is she screaming at him? Who is yep. this?" And so, I, maybe that was her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, this was this was a, you know kind of inevitable. You know, Michael Sechuk's. Younger or scary hell as one of the, the announcers said this Who saw Yeah. Great nickname. I don't know what that means, but you know, um, he's just he's dangerous, you know? His his striking is he hits hard. He hits hard. He's not the, the best, he's not the greatest, 
He's a little athletically challenged, but so is Sam Alvey. And Sam Alvey, you know, the jaw that is now broken and wired shut is um, has been hit many times. And this was just, you know, this was so unnecessary. I, I don't know why this was made or how or, you know, what. But the guy had a four-fight losing streak. <clears throat> then he fights to a draw. Then he has another four-fight losing streak. So I think it's, it's you know, it's time for him to go. He had he, Listen, he had a good career. I remember he knocked out Cesar Fajaya after doing nothing for three minutes. Um, I remember he smoked um, Marcin Prochnio with one punch. Just absolutely cooked him. Beat Rashad Evans. Not many people have wins over Rashad. Well, a lot of people have wins over Rashad Evans. But Sam Alvey, Sam Alvey has one. So, yeah, I mean, what a career it was. What a career it was. Yeah, listen. Uh, if you go through this this un- unreal streak that Sam Alvey has has done, listen, you know, Jose Chuck takes him out <laughs> in a minute fifty six. Uh, Brendan Allen submits him uh, w- w- with at light heavyweight. Wellington Terman wins a split decision after getting two points, two two points taken away from him for repeated eye pokes. Oh my god! Uh, which was uh, unreal. Uh, then the Cuban Missile Crisis rear naked chokes him, in a fight of the night. Which, of course, you know, if you know the Cuban Missile Crisis, that means he was hurt at some point during the fight. Shout out Kendra Lust. Shout out to Kendra Lust. Huge fan of her work. Uh, da Un Jung. That was a draw. That's a, that's the high. That's the last highlight of his run <laughs> on on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. Sam Alvey made the trip for Habib yeah, and Gaethje. He was he was the fight of the night. No, I'm just kidding. He was not fighting the night. But Ryan Spann split decision, which is look like that's insane. If you just sit there and look at that on its surface, like yeah. super. He, <laughs> he won he he won that third round and had Ryan Spann thinking about some things for a second. Um, he even got a judge's scorecard, which is hilarious. We got to go back and I, I guarantee you that was Seth Fuller. That was but, the first um, fight back after the COVID, so maybe somebody was not feeling well or something yeah, along they, those lines. <laughs> COVID, and they didn't know how to judge a fight. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I just I, I watched the Jimmy Crew fight last night, and he got melted. Also, he's had some rough stoppages. Maybe not rough stoppages, but guys step in because they think he's out because of his how his body flails, and then he he wakes up. He's like, "What? I'm smiling. I'm I'm fine. I'm you know." <laughs> I have, um, a, I have a smiley face uh, shaved into yeah, the back I've, of my I head. I have a smiling face tatted or uh, cut into my hair, so obviously I'm fine. Um, no, man, it's 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 over. Uh, a wired jaw is probably a good way to end things. I would say. And did you forget about his unanimous decision loss to Kiltson Abreu? No, I did no, not. You didn't? Wow, that's crazy because I did. Um, <laughs> In San Antonio, uh, what what a night that was! He now was, he's in PFL. He was br- brutally TKO'd by Jimmy Crute. I uh, yeah, and, that one wasn't good. Yeah, that that one was. Ugly. I mean, the Nagara one wasn't great either. <laughs> and that <laughs> will not like brutal Minotauro, dude. Yeah, he put him into a uh, body bag. He's forty six now. So that <laughs> that was in twenty eighteen, the last victory in the UFC for Mister Sam Alvey was John Volante. If you need to get right, if you need a victory, you get John Volante in there, who recently threw his gloves down in the octagon. Yeah, thank um, God. And he also fought him at light heavyweight, right? He did. 
He did. That was I mean, a when, long time when you, ago. When you, oh man, when you, when you go on a three-fight losing streak to Maurice Green, Jake Collier, and Chris Barnett, I mean, Huggy I think Bear. we're in the wrong. I think we're in the wrong sport. And uh, don't forget about his win against Mar- Marcin Prochnio because that was a late Slept heavyweight. Him. Yep, he absolutely put him to sleep, and that is the also. Career. I think Prochnio had money on Sam Alvey. He probably just... did because if you look back, there's just no way. But shout out to Sam Alvey on a historic career. Great career. And honestly, for... the reason I'm going so in on this guys is because you guys don't understand how much money he's made this podcast since we started this thing. Uh, I mean, he has been an automatic fade no matter what, and we have continued to make money. He's been finished in three of the four fights, uh, three of his last four fights. We've made money on all of them. Oh. Uh, the Wellington Tournament one was ugly. And... We somehow still profited off that, and the guy, you know, kept poking him in the eye. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> I might have even I, I might have even had Sam Alvey in one of these because I just thought at one point it was going to turn it around, and he never did. Never. He never did, and now he can uh, do whatever it is he's going to do. I, but he definitely cannot eat solid foods for a couple months. Yes, because his jaw is wired shut. So that is Through the tough. wire, part two. He, uh, uh, he started competing in Pancreton. I don't know I've what that them. is. Yeah, that's an ancient Greece that... hybrid of striking and wrestling. So that's Was that like, Is that like the Peloton? Uh, not exactly, but it, it's close. It's close. Uh, shout out to Peloton though. Send me one if you guys want to do an ad. Uh, yep. I actually won't use it, but I'm sure my, me brother, either. my brother would love that shit. Uh, Brian Battle. How about Brian Battle? How about Brian Battle? Brian Battle, man, showing that the Ultimate Fighter is no fucking joke. <laughs> I, I mean, he kicked Takashi Sato right in his fucking head and said, "Yo, go to sleep, dude." And, Don't wake up. Yeah, I. I uh, dude, he's stiff. That those are the kind of knockouts where you're just like, what? Like, whoa! Like, yeah, you're so caught off guard. You're like, whoa, what the fuck just happened? Did he just go to sleep like that? Like, yeah, Brian Battle is nice, man. <laughs> he got he has great defensive wrestling. Like, I told that's a huge thing in my uh, on my uh, stat sheet. If you don't have like, if you're a striker and you don't have defensive wrestling, then you're eventually just gonna get got at some point. Yep, uh, and he does. Uh, Sato, poor, yeah, you know, had just had uh, Gunnar Nelson, Gunnar, uh, on his back, Gunny on his back uh, as a backpack for 13 minutes of a fight, and then he comes out, shows up, and gets knocked out in 44 seconds. So it might be uh, Dunzo for Sato, but yeah, three uh, in a row. His last one was Jason Witt, which, as you know, shout out hard. Ben hard Saunders. That was a that was a crazy. <laughs> Jesus Matt Christ, Bailey. what a name. Oh, that was at Pancrease 30, 300, dude. Oh, missed, I missed the fun fights that night. 30. 300. Jesus. Three fucking hundred. That's a lot of cards, dude. Uh, They're probably at 800 now. Yeah. Who, oh, boy, shout, who knows? Shout out, though, to Brian Battle. I mean, he didn't. He couldn't get Treshawn Gore out of there, and we saw what happened to him. Um, Just big improvements. He threw that the, the, the jab and then the straight right, and he hid the, the right head kick, the right high kick behind the straight right, and it followed up right away. So Sato pretty much had no clue. And, man, that was brutal. Brutal. The sound of it, it sounded like a kendo stick from uh, the Sandman back in WCW. Shout or, out. Um, Sleep with one eye open. ECW, I'm sorry. And, ECW. ECW. Um, 
No, again, I <laughs> ECW is the fucking tits. All right, you'll never hear a bad thing about ECW from me, unless it's about uh, Mister um, Paul Heyman's hairline. Other wow. than that, Jesus, dude. Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean Battle's only twenty-seven. Also, his post-fight uh, interview was great. Called out Brian Barberina because of the way he spells his first name. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, yeah, I, he's gotten a lot better since we saw him in his debut against Urbina. Then he moved on the Gore. I thought, you know, I thought the Gore fight was going to be close. I wasn't sure how to feel. And then he just smokes Takashi Sato. I mean, that's a, if not for anything else, that's a big name, at least this early on in your career. Um, we'll see what he can do. Was he, was he at welterweight, right? 170, man. There's a lot of, like, just mixed in talent, you know, like maybe not top of the line talent. I don't know if Brian Battle will ever be top five, top 10, or top 15, but I can tell you what, he'll get close. He definitely will. So. Like, I don't know, he, like, definitely get close. That's Yeah, know. absolutely. Like, it, you know, one or two more fights, he's going to be there. So, wins, I should say. So, shout out to him for that. I He gained a fan to me. Dude, yeah, I mean, I was already kind of a believer, I would say. Like, yeah, like, not necessarily, like, a, a fan. Because I, I just, I, I was a, I was a huge Trayshawn Gore guy. I thought, you know, he, I thought he was the rightful ultimate fighter. And then he beats him. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, that's, that's a badass thing to just go, yeah, no, I want to fight that guy and prove that I'm the ultimate fighter. He wins after Trayshawn Gore was talking that work. And then he shows up and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to keep doing my thing and just, just put Sato into the shadow realm. Uh, yeah. How can you not be a fan? And then he, and then he's doing horrible math afterwards. It's just, He's like, yeah, I took uh, ten dollars and uh, quadrupled it and turned it into seventy. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, whatever. I was like, wait a minute, hold yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, hold on I fucking Let's... took my shoes off and was like, hold on, wait, one, two. Like, nah, that's not. That ain't it. That's not that. That's not it at all. Um, his math. Listen, I'm not good at math either. So who the fuck am I to tell anybody? Yeah, yeah I mean, like, that's true. All right, I I struggle with geometry, everything, any kind of. Emetry or ometry or anything I suck at. So, you know, I'm not gonna give him any any lessons on math, but he definitely need, he definitely needs to learn a couple before, you know, that, that that next UFC contract hits so he doesn't get fucked over. Corey McKenna. How about this? You're you this is the youngest uh, woman, I believe, in the UFC, if I'm not mistaken. Uh takes care of Miranda Granger with a von flu choke. Uh not something you often see in the in the game anymore or at all in general and Miranda Granger who is now looking for work uh shout out to Miranda Granger I listen I, when I say that stuff I is not 100% confirmed but when that uh UFC uh, roster watch account takes you off like says fighter removed from the roster I'm just gonna assume you're done because that's yeah. they, they haven't missed pretty much so sign me up Miranda we haven't figured out if they if they actually cut that one guy, who was it? Was it not Ismagulov? It was the um, Amiv? No, no, uh, Timur Valiev. Yeah, we haven't yeah. figured that out, have we? I guess no. he's gone. I haven't <laughs> seen him since, right? Like that's why I always like. Yeah, I'm so confused. Rest in piss, I guess. Shout out to Hannah. Hannah Goldie's old name was is or her real name is Goldschmidt. Oh, okay. I just found that out. There you go. So we can just we can just shorten our names. You know what, dude? In the UFC, you can pretty it? much do whatever you want, right? <laughs> Blood I mean, Diamond. <laughs> yeah, Blood Diamond. Mike Diamond. You know, like it, he was just doing whatever the fuck they wanted to last uh, last week, right? So I mean, so that's uh, three straight losses for Miranda Granger. She did. Yeah, she's done. She's not very good. So uh, she's not good. I, I hate. She to doesn't do that. look that bad though. I'll I did see that. her get a win against Hannah Goldie in uh, Newark, though. It's. 
<laughs> yeah, you were. There. I was there for only UFC. Wow. Rank, so what, what Not honor. many people were there. Yeah, what an Not honor. Many... <laughs> Fucking yeah. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, shout out to Gordon McKenna. Myra Buena Silva, this one was tough for you. Yeah. The one thing Rough she couldn't make. do was get armbarred. It's pretty much. Uh... It happened. It happened. Yeah, and then she, she um... allowed herself to get armbarred. She she had a she had a nice trip. Did your hip which, toss, dude? Yeah, she did that. That's so easy, dude. It's listen. She didn't even do it smooth. Like she landed it, but had her back taken in the process. But all she had to do was flip over. Then she was on top. Boom. Then she passes her. Boom. And then you see Meyer Buena Silva just kind of throw her feet up in the air and keep trying to throw them up so they can come over the head and get that arm. She kept trying, and I'm like, all right, let's let's keep our guard up. Let's keep our defenses up. Watch that head. Watched her her legs, and she she didn't she didn't care. Stephanie Edgar did not care. Swiss cheese got run through easily, and I guess there was a phantom tap. But you know, listen, yeah, that happened. Team, yeah, I mean, who was it? No, it was um. So Tayoni, it was Tayoni. So asking John everyone Morgan, in the building. Yeah, John Morgan said the three judges that were right there on the other side of the cage uh, fence saw the tap. So you know, thank God we don't have to take Herb Dean's. Word because he was making a fucking cameo for Chris Johnson's thirty fifth birthday over here, right as the fight's going on. That's insane. Right, so this guy doesn't know fucking dick. He's not even paying attention. He's wishing some slap dick a happy birthday. Happy birthday, right? Chris. And then he's like, No, no, I saw the tap. I saw the tap. Um, yeah, this dude's we, over there. Thank watching, God we don't have to. Uh, watching the new Brazzers <laughs> video, and and he's fucking <laughs> as opposed to doing his job. Uh, unbelievable! No, I was just crazy when like only in MMA though. MMA is a wild sport because you you could just sit there and one of the like you imagine just uh, sitting there looking over there and Tony Brothers is just filming a cameo in the middle of like or or Ed Hockley is just over there with a cat like a camera out just filming a cameo at the game just Insane. shouting out Chris Johnson on his thirty fifth yeah. birthday for like probably like a hundred bucks. Who knows how much his cameos are worth? Literally. Literally. And shout out to um, AB. AB doing the cameos in the backseat of a limo uh, after he <laughs> left the field in New York. Shout out to Ben Rothenberger. But, <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, that, was your, that was UFC fight night. Uh, what, UFC Vegas 59? 59. 59 from the Apex. Jamal Hill and Tiago Santos was the fight of the night, and I would say yep. so. Because, uh, I mean – Pretty much everything else was e- ended uh, quite early on. Uh, we only saw one fight go, or two fights go to the, th- the third round. And uh, what do we have here? Performance of the night. Jeff Neal, Mo Usman gets another 50000 And Brian Battle. Brian Battle. While I'm here, though, I did want to quickly, and no crypto given out this weekend, sadly. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, so uh, quickly while we're here, I did want to go through that last card that had every fight end in a finish. Yeah. Do it. That was UFC Fight Night Rockhold versus Bisping. Uh, this was UFC Fight Night 55. I believe these were on Fox at the time. Or this was on... Uh, who knows? And honestly, <laughs> who cares? But yeah. Rockhold, uh, Guillotine, Bisping in the, fir- or in the second round, 57 seconds in. Uh, Al Iaquinta TKO'd Ross Pearson, who he was put to bed a few more times after that. Yeah. I mean, gee, dude, you want to talk about a guy who was a human moneymaker. Uh, Will Brooks, decision loss. Jorge Masvidal, decision loss. Stevie Ray, split decision loss. Dan Hooker, TKO with a knee. Uh, Mizuto Hirota, he got a decision win. And then John Makdesi with a uh, decision uh, loss. There's a lot of decisions, though, so you got to give him credit. 
Uh, Des Green, like your boy. Uh, that's your boy. You love his values. Um, and Philly got it done. And Davy got a gallon. Gallon. Yeah, Davy Gallon. Oh, yeah, with a rolling God. thunder kick that knocked him out. That that was yeah. in uh, Pro Bellum one. So insane. I I've seen that um, video online. He knocks him out stiff with that thing too. So hey, about, you gotta look down, you gotta look down this card to see who else was on this oh, UFC. Fight oh, night. I know, I know. That's why I'm, <laughs> that's why I'm doing this. Soa Palele. Uh, if you click, if you look up this gentleman's name, this dude is an absolute fucking unit, dude. He is a unit, and uh, he was a member of a motorcycle gang at a certain point uh, in in South Wales, I believe. He knocked out Walt Harris, who, <laughs> I mean, honestly, who hasn't knocked out Walt Harris at this point? Uh, yeah. Uh, dude, uh, talk about a guy who has lost me money. Overeem, Volkov, Tybora. He's fighting in more of the upper echelon, but... So Palele, so Palele is fun fact. He's Antonio Bigfoot Silva's last win. Wow, way back in 2015, and Antonio Bigfoot Silva is now taking on a 109 and eight kickboxer coming up soon. I don't know if it's this weekend, but we will be praying for the man. Um, that's all we can do at this point. Listen, a little little information about Palele. Palele was signed to Penguin Books in the midst of a, writing a memoir about his childhood, how he came up from nothing to being the world's, in the world's largest MMA organization, the UFC. Isn't that great? And uh, oh in late God. 2009, he- Palele was accused of being associated or even a member of the notorious Canadian outlaw motorcycle club, Rock Machine, which has <laughs> chapters in Australia. Palele adamantly denied this, of course. Why? <laughs> Who would ever think that the uh, cage fighter would be a member of a motorcycle gang? <laughs> but adamantly denies these claims, stating that he was involved in teaching mixed martial arts to two individuals who may be the members of the club. Maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's teaching so them how to fuck people up, dude. That's <laughs> When you don't need guns, use your hands, brother. Um, he had a good career, though. He, he beat Bob Sapp. He did, actually. I, no, I, I like to have fun, but 22-5 and five is not a bad record. Knocked out Pat Barry and Nikita Krylov. Thank you for knocking out uh, Pat Barry. Yes, please. Uh, he did lose to Daniel Cormier on the Australia regional scene, however. Uh, well, I'm not sure how that, how that happened. Nothing to be ashamed did. of. Yeah, I mean, also, I guess he was in the UFC twice. He was in the UFC once. He fought Eddie Sanchez, lost the Manic Hispanic. <laughs> 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 Whose last win in organized MMA was, of course... Of course, over Brett, the hitman, Rogers. Uh, as you know, he was one of the best UFC or MMA prospects in the world. And then Fedor subsequently punched his lights completely out. So, shout out to Mr. Grim, Brett Rogers. Shout out to Jake Matthews. Yeah. He, he got a win cards. against Wagner Roca. Oh, man. What Va- a bum he I was. know you missed uh, Wagner, uh, his, his run. In the uh, he's the current CJJ World's Combat Jiu-Jitsu lightweight champion at this time. I'm not surprised. Uh, I don't know what he was doing fighting. I mean, Jake Matthews was probably fighting at 55 at the time. I would imagine he was also probably like 21 years old. Yeah, so uh, he got the win against uh, you know Wagner. Shout out to Wagner. Uh, Anthony Peroche <laughs> defeated uh, Guto in- in- <laughs> Innocente. Yeah, he's innocent. Yeah, Innocente. Uh, he's he. Rear naked choked him. Uh, There's a lot of uh, Australian guys who never really uh, were able they to They all lost. So, here we go, though. Sam Alvey knocked out a man that calls himself Dylan Andrews, the villain from Wellington, New Zealand. 
And uh, that was not Mr. Uh, what was his name? Dylan Andrews. That was not he's his last fight. fight. Uh, no, he's, he's, <laughs> he, he got knocked out a few more times after that. But uh, He's also boxing. He did not Early. knock out Papi Abidi. In uh, in Stockholm, Sweden, to win the SC Middleweight Championship. I know you were a huge fan of Poppy back in the day. He actually beat him twice. Did he really? <laughs> he beat him in the UFC once. Yeah, well, that his, that was his last two wins, four years apart. I don't uh, blame him. And a huge win against Jimmy Quinlan, who sounds Irish got, as fuck. I believe Dylan Andrews also lost to Uri Hall in the Ultimate Fighter. So, Louis Smolka got a win against a guy named Richie. Oh, my God. Vaculic, sidekick and punches. Chris Clements against that guy, Vic. Vic. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, the Aussies were taking fucking so many L's this night. I would have been absolutely beyond myself. Dudes are getting knocked out left and right. Shout out to Chris Clements. Shout out to the Snow Leopard, Tuerksen Jumabike. Who the fuck is that? He started the card off by getting head kicked by Marcus (laughs) Brimmett, who... As you know, as you know, after that, before that fight, he got smoked by Conor McGregor. So yep, it all back. comes full circle, you know. Conor McGregor. This was a third. Uh, this is only a. I thought this was more. This was an eleven fight card. Uh, Michael Bisping eventually did get his revenge. He did. Um, thank fight God. Fight was Robert Whitaker. I'm not surprised. Performance end night. Louis Smolka. Is it the last samurai? He's the last samurai, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, I hope there's more of them. Let me just there say gotta, that. There's got to be another there's one. There's got to be some other ones. <laughs> <laughs> and Luke Rockhold get performance that night. Uh, quickly before Tell we get out of here. Um, Luke might come back. This is a nice – I like this, man. Nice hour of just we, – we're not we're not in a rush. You know, that's, I, was, yeah. I was telling you know, I'm telling you last week we want to speed these episodes up, but why speed them up when we can just do two and we can just talk as yeah. long as we want? Uh, what do you uh, – what do you make of just – I, the thing I wanted to did want to like discuss uh, or just talk about is what the UFC is doing with some of these pay per views and why they're loading up some of these and like just leaving these garbage ones for some of these other cards. I, I don't get the yeah. I wasn't sure what their plan was. Um, I guess two eighty and two eighty one are loaded, but like two seventy nine and two seventy eight. I have to look at yeah it. two like here like two seventy eight as it stands right now. Also, can't hear you again. All right, well, he can hear me now, but UFC 278, uh, Usman Edwards, obviously. Not a huge main event, but it's Usman's the number one pound-for-pound, pound, so it's something to watch. Costin Rockhold, intriguing, right? I would love to see Luke Rockhold's head leave his shoulders. All right. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if Boracino, I mean, he, honestly, yeah, he might be. He definitely might be the guy to do All it that. takes is one shot, really. Remember when Yoel Romero put uh, Rockhold in the orbit? That was. I mean, uh, dude, when's the last time Luke fought? Was it three years ago? Like four years ago? I think it was the last three time. Years ago. Was the three years ago against Jan. Yeah, and he got fucking fried. Right? Yeah, that's the. Yeah. Three, and, three years in one month. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was. It was. My bad. Uh, Insane. That's he a was long scheduled time. to do what? He, who was he scheduled to fight? Somebody. Um, Sean Strickland. That got taken away. That would have been bad. Paulo Costa, I think, was supposed to happen a month ago. Yeah. Um, they moved that back. Chris Weidman, I think they were supposed to run it back again. Jesus. Yeah, with the leg. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, you know, Tyson Pedro's back against Harry Hunsucker. Aldo That's and uh, Davishvili is another big one. But other than that, the rest of it is just garbage. 
Yeah, like, you know, my my girl Lucy Pudilova's back. Um, you know, she lost four in a row. UFC cutter, she goes to Octagon with a K, wins a couple Fuck fights, yeah. loses loses to Talita Bernardo, which is a red flag. And then she wins a couple more fights. She's now fighting Wu Nan Yanan Wu. Yes. Um, who who's lost three in a row. Basically the winner of this fight should probably get cut also along with the loser. Harry Hunsucker being on the main card is just that that's a red flag if I've ever seen one, bro. Yeah. And how about Miranda Maverick? They put her at the very beginning of the card. I think she probably smoked Shayna Young. We'll 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 get to see a, a vintage Miranda Maverick performance this time. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, like you know, Leonardo Santos is still fighting. Like what? And, and then you go to two seventy. What nine? Like we talked about. Like it's Hamza and Diaz, which already is kind of like quite like yeah. You know, like I don't know if it's a main event. In my mind, it's a it's kind of like a uh, casuals main event, if that makes sense. I hate using that word, but it really is because it's just yeah, it's not like a it's not a competitive fight. It's really not. It shouldn't be at least on the on the surface. Well, of course we'll watch it. We'll be excited for it by the time it comes around, and we'll try to convince ourselves that maybe Diaz will do something, but he's not going to, and he's gonna get probably wrestle fucked and just dominated i really hope he gets finished and yeah, he will. fucked up but like i i am just rooting for a decisive just just brutal victory and this card is kind of interesting though like it's it's not great but this is a lot of hot take hot box shoulder strikes favorites we got a renee aldana she's gonna run through macy chase on and i cannot wait i i cannot wait i cannot i mean the women are bringing it here on this card Norma Dumont is taking on former boxer Danielle Wolf. So we get to see what Danielle Wolf's got. She's a little older. I think she was supposed to fight in the Olympics, but they didn't have her division uh, in 2016. Uh, Norma Dumont, she needs a win. You know, she's had a she had a rough time right now. We're trying to help her out. Elise That's Reed normal. and Melissa Martinez, the undefeated Super Melly, 24-year-old from Mexico. I'm not sure how good she is. If, I think she, she fought um, Adrian Yanez's sister in uh, won a split who's not Adrian Yanez's sister is not very good. So Jake Collier and Chris Barnett. Wow. That's a fight. So you, you got a Jonathan lot of Almeida guys. though, our boy, I guess he's just going to fight at heavyweight now. I, honestly, why not? You know, he, he can get by. He's six, three. He's good enough. Huge. Johnny Walker, Jan Kudalaba. Yeah. Going down. I don't know what we're going to do for this fight, but we're going to, we're going to be beyond ourselves. This is garbage. <laughs> this is fucking garbage. Uh, this should be a fight night. If it this would be a pretty good fight night. Honestly. If it wasn't Diaz, it, it would be a fight night. Yeah, if this was like Nate Jones, you know, instead of Nate Diaz, this is definitely a fight night. Nate um, Jones. <laughs> Shout out to Nate Jones. Hakeem Dawudu is starting off against Julian Arosa. Julian Arosa is definitely, you know, he, he wants to lose. He likes losing. So that'll happen. Um, Jamie Pickett and Dennis Tolulan. Gross. Then, yeah, this is not a good card. Good but cards. the thing is, though, like you go through Sandhagen and uh, Song Yedong. That's a nice main event. Uh, you know, Giga Chikatsu. There's a lot of fights on, on that one. But then you go to like this one doesn't even have like a a, a number on it. On this one, it just says UFC Fight Night 211, which is not. But they're saying Mackenzie Dern and Yao Zhanan uh, are going to be the main event. Cody Garber, sure. Ronnie Yaha. Like that's. <laughs> oh boy, you know, like that. Now, what about Cheyenne Vlismus? And Tabitha Richie. No, thank oh. you. Uh, oh. That's a lot of smoke in that going. Ring. And like they just don't have main events for some of these ones in October, and it's not. I mean, that's not crazy, but 
Yeah. I, now we're just basically killing time until 280. Yeah. Yeah, and there's you know there's a lot of time to kill until then. So it's like Oliveira, Makachev, Sterling, so, wow. Dillashaw. This this card's pretty much set. It's pretty much already like locked in. <laughs> All right, so I guess you you got to assume the main the main events gonna be Oliveira, Makachev. Yes. The co-main will be Dillashaw, Sterling. Yes. And then the, the main card will be filled out with Bilal, Brady, yep. O'Malley, Yan, yep. uh, Gamrod, Dariush. So then yes. It takes you to the main prelims, which I got to figure. You got to put a name to end the prelims to lead into the pay-per-view, which I would assume would be Marina either Vol- Rodriguez and Lemos. I was going to say, yeah, Lemos and Rodriguez or Volkan Ozdemir, Nikita Krilov, just because they're names. Why aren't you putting them at the end of the um, – oh, actually, what about Gamrot and Daryush? Yeah, that's that's on the main card you're saying? Yeah. All right, yeah, so, I'll that. I'm guessing the prelims will go in order from like top to bottom. It'll be like Marina, Lemos, Chuk, Firo. Uh, B- B- Bahio Muradov because they like Kayo. Yeah, Kayo. I love Kayo too. It's a tough name to say. And then Mokayev and Malcolm Gordon. That's that'll probably be on the early prelims. That I would I would start the card off with Mokayev and Malcolm Gordon. Yeah, and then go to Abu. <laughs> this is tough. Abu Kar Nurmagomedov and Godzi Omar Godziev. Oh my Ooh. goodness! Woo! It's a lot of words, a lot of letters, a lot of vowels. Um. So yeah, I mean this. This card's literally insanely loaded. Zubara Tukov and Lucas Almeida is like flying under the radar, and that's going to be a pretty good scrap. Uh, if you look at the poster, it looks like Jan Dillashaw, Jan O'Malley will be the feature bout because it's on the poster. So there's that. I mean, this card's loaded. It's insane. Somebody's going to drop out, which we know. If you look at 281, it's only Dustin Poirier. Actually, no. I, is it just Poirier and Chandler and Pereira and Aldesanya? I think so. Is that the uh, MSG one? Yeah, I think Aaron Blanchfield's going to be on this card. I just don't know who she's fighting. Where is the Chimaya fight? Is that um, is that in Vegas? Vegas. Interesting. Um, in the comment section of Tapology, it says, I didn't know Alex Pereira was an alcoholic, but his face approves. So, Jesus. I guess he used to be an alcoholic at one time. He just got the a more boost you know. bag face. The more you know. <laughs> Anything else you want to get out before we... What a... What a hell of an episode! Uh, introduction. This was to the this was good. Yeah, this was very good. Um, I know you had Cameron Van Camp is fighting that night too, so I know you'll you'll probably have uh, sell your car I'll, and everything. I'll be are. tuned in. I'll be tuned in. Um, Friday night we have Tevin Farmer, and Mickey Bay. Kind of a throwback oh. fight. Oh, quickly, a Bo Nickel. Oh we, yeah, we Bo Nickel. How about Nickel. he? So yeah, I I've never seen a trash can in the in the ring, but he he. <laughs> He took him on, and he fought him really well. Listen, trash cans are hard. You can cut yourself at the top. You know they don't have that much give. You can you can get bruises from any kind of contact. But he ran through that trash can and choked him out. What a hell of transition around that hefty trash can, dude. That was <laughs> that that was a uh, now. Nah, listen, he right away took him down, got his neck early on. As soon as the guy kind of reversed the not, not reversed it, but was able to try to keep him off of him, work him back up. He got that like high. High arm guillotine and just just squeezed it until he eventually got it. It was just, yeah. I don't hate. I don't like uh, disagree with not giving him a contract because two and zero. It doesn't really you know, like. Yeah. Well, who are you gonna have him fight at one eighty five? Not to I say mean, he couldn't beat really... him, but like, why would you do that to him? Like this yeah, early you, on, you'd have to like <laughs> Sam Alvey. Dude, bring him back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. This is why he's in there, dude. Alan Amadovsky is the only Let's name go. I can think of. 
Amadovsky <laughs> has just... a fight coming up. By the way, uh, I did have this keyed up. I forgot to read it. Hussar, which is the nickname of Mihail Orlizaychuk. Yep. It was a member of a class of light cavalry originating in Central Europe during the 15th and 16th centuries. The title and distinctive dress of these horsemen were subsequently widely adopted by light cavalry regiments in European armies in the late 17th and 18th centuries. So Yeah, I'll take any one of those army men against Sam Alvey. Hungarian Hussars. So there you go. Put a Hussar against Sam Alvey this weekend. Run it back. Jaw and all. <laughs> Chaw and all. Um, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, I mean, like Bo Nickel. I guess it, it seems like it's it's widely known that he has like a handshake contract agreement or something. Yeah, he basically is already. The UFC's not letting Malcolm him go. Powell has basically said that. So yeah, the UFC's not letting him go. I think he he even said himself he wants he wants to fight uh, twice on the contender series or one more time. He'll, I'm sure they'll bring him back quickly, and obviously it, it gives them more. Uh, like it gives them an opportunity to have another Dana White contender series show where you have a lot of people tuning in, you yeah. know, it kind of gives you the ability to stretch that into another event. Cause I'm sure there's a bunch of eyes on him against Zach trash. I mean, uh, Borrega, Borrego or whatever. His name was. Yeah, literally. So, you know, whoever they give him next, hopefully at least is better. Uh, hopefully he didn't get knocked out cold by some amateur. Um, well, we'll I mean, see. that guy uh, he knocked out the first time was like, well, come on. What, yeah, like, was, what are we doing here? And that's that the thing. Like, people are like, people be like, well, you, well, you wouldn't get in there. And I was like, no, I yeah, wouldn't. No shit. I wouldn't, dude, because I fucking know what's going on. Like, I'm not an I don't idiot, like my dude punch in the face. Yeah, I'm not I, a I, fucking I just moron, don't. bro. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, yeah, I guess respect for putting it on the line, but I certainly, it's like, yeah, yeah respect you, only goes so you too far. pussy to stand in front of this 18-wheel fucking Mack truck? Like, yeah, man. I'm not. Yeah, kind of. It's going to fucking run me over, dude. I'm going <laughs> to. My fucking chest is gonna go through my spine, bro. No thanks, man. I'm all right. Like, uh, I don't know. I, it, it's just at a certain point you deserve to be made fun of for taking a fight like that. Like, I wouldn't fight Bo Nickel. It's not yeah, at I this mean, point in my career. Like, yeah. no thanks. I'm not scared I, of him, but it's just not smart. I might fight Zach Borrego, but I wouldn't fight Bo Nickel. Yeah, and so. Borrego would cook me too. Let me just say that he. Yeah, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't end well for me. But I would. I would try to. You know. I'll take Borrego games. over Bo Nickel. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And other than that, I didn't really watch a lot of the content. I kind of just tuned in to watch the Bo Nickel fight. Uh, I saw a couple other guys got contracts, but I watched the week before, where it was the dude, the uh, the Ray Longo uh, guy versus the dude from Scotland. Who was yeah, getting destroyed? Yeah, Charlie Campbell, that and then nice. he just put that dude to sleep. That whole um, the whole car was crazy. Was, yeah, and that was it was coming off the heels of the one that you know Dana White had been like, I invited all my rich friends, and they weren't impressed. Like, okay, well, it was so boring. Sorry. I will say that that it first was boring, one was but boring like, as shit. You got to know what you're getting yourself into. Like, you're gonna be like, all right, hey guys, we got to watch this three and four guy. You know, he's really good. I promise. But, you know, listen, if you're agreeing to go on the Dana White Contender Series, like. You know yeah. you're basically walking into like the lion's den, like a like a fucking gladiator pit. It's just like uh, one way or the other, like someone's dying. Like it's it's not like a normal like fight environment. I wouldn't if you care about your oh, record. I wouldn't go to that. Truly, yeah. Like, if you're like and, undefeated and like I don't know, I feel like there's a better way to get there as opposed to just going in there and for blood sport and trying to murder people. That's it's yeah. it's basically what the he wants it to be and what the contender series has been recently. Next week should be better. We have my girl Haley, all hail Cowan, 
very hot, uh, very good at fighting. She is five and two coming from LFA or six and two. I'm sorry. Uh, the main event, Thomas Paul with two L's. Wow. He looks, he looks scary. If you look at his topology picture, he has like these swimmer goggles on after he has, after a fight that he won and he has two belts around his, uh, arms, arms, um, the juggernaut, Thomas Paul, he is 11-3. He's taken on Esteban Ribovich, El Gringo. Wow. He is from Argentina. He is 26, undefeated. I'm, I can't imagine he's beating anybody good, but um, they, they both look good. Just by looking at their faces and their bodies, I can say that these are top-of-the-line fighters. We don't bet the Contender Series, do we? I mean, I don't. We don't. <laughs> I don't think we do. I mean, uh, Bo Nickel was minus 770 inside the distance. Yeah. So... I mean, hey, honestly, though, it was free money. You know, it was probably minus 300 first round, but, you know, it was still free money. Um, not much going on in boxing. Uh, Teofimo Lopez comes back Saturday night to fight Pedro Campa in a warm-up fight for whatever he wants to do next. I mean, nobody knows what, what he wants to do. He, he says all these things, but at least we have that. It's a warm-up fight, but it's something, and then we won't see anything. But next weekend, we have Usyk Joshua 2. Coming live to you from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Yes, we are Let's going go. to. We are going to the country that helped commit war crimes against us on 9/11. We Hell don't care, yeah, dude. We want that money, baby. Let's and, uh, go. You know, Joshua and Usyk, neither of them are American, so you know, hey, why not? Um, what else? Adrian Bronner is also fighting next weekend. Really? Against Omar Figueroa Jr. Yeah, I'm not sure why or how or what, but there's that. So. Holy shit. We'll have a little bit of boxing. I can't to, believe he's still fighting. Uh, yeah. Also, Emmanuel, Never- Emmanuel Navarrete, who's very good, will be fighting Eduardo Baez from Argentina on that same Saturday night, the 20th. So there's going to be some boxing that just, you know, get get you wet a little bit before September. September, the, September, October, November, I think the end of the year, especially September, is going to be really good for boxing, especially once this Spence Crawford fight gets made. Hopefully, Terrence Crawford stops demanding 50% split. I don't know who he thinks he is, but... Either way, we're going to end the year with a nice, uh, pretty good boxing schedule. I like it. And the MMA, hopefully, we'll have a couple. I mean, especially October, but it seems like September will be a little lean. But, you know, we'll we'll be here. Lean and mean. We'll be here. And we'll be here Friday. Be here Friday. We'll give you our picks for this weekend. Uh, We got a – I think it's a good card this weekend. It's a live live in front of the fans. Uh, Marlon Chido Vera, Dominic Cruz. I'm a big Dominic Cruz guy, but – I'll I'll save all my discussions, commentary, yes. and picks for this uh, for this Friday. So there you go. If you if you are in San Diego and you have nothing to do, you have to go out there and spend your hard earned money to see David Onama and Nate Landwehr in the co-main. You have to do it. There you go. You have to. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's so disgusting. <laughs> but uh, there we go. Thank you for joining us, everyone, and we will see you on Friday. Go birds.